There's another one you don't want to hear. Frankly, the July. are tuned into the Power Court Hour right here on 107.9 WRFA and on the Power Court Hour podcast. However you are listening to this or watching this one, we got a video interview if you're watching on YouTube. We got Justin Vaughn from Low Morale, his second appearance on the show roughly about a year. I I was thinking about this. I know we had you on early last year, maybe in like January or so. Now it's March. We got new music from uh, Justin and the rest of uh, Low Morale. Got a new EP, This Planet Sucks. So we got some new music to uh, talk about and I don't know, just talk about it all. I had a lot of fun last time. Justin, man, how are you? I'm great. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. I was trying to think about it. I think it's, I think it's been about a year since you were on. I saw you. I mean, I saw you in person maybe like two months ago in Cleveland, but yeah, I think the last yeah. time you were on the show was like a year ago. Yeah, time flies. It seems like just yesterday we we're reminiscing about all those insane stories and Yes, that's right. There was some very good stories on that one. That is that is very true. Yeah. I guess. I mean, I guess just to start off, I mean, for people who did listen to that last one, I mean, what has uh, what has low morale been up to since we last talked in early 2022? I feel like a lot has happened between now and then. Like maybe maybe some of the highlights or the the spark notes of uh you know what low morale has been up to since then. See the highlights, the low lights. Um, all over, it's all over the place, mostly low lights, but no, I'm kidding. Um, yeah, uh, I'm trying to think, uh, what we were up to last we talked, but, um, yeah, we probably went through another couple basis. <laughs> I'm just guessing. Um, but, uh, yeah, we, uh, recorded an EP, um, that we put out, uh, this planet sucks. There's only, there's three songs on it. Um, and, uh, that's streaming everywhere. And uh, we have like another album pretty much written. Um, wow. Actually, just at practice today, we were ripping through some of the new songs that I'm really excited about. Um, yeah, we uh, recorded the album, uh, the EP, uh, with my friend Tony. Um, he kind of has like a home studio. Uh, he had been asking me for a while uh, if we wanted to, you know, come record. Um, he does it kind of as a hobby, but he's got like this beautiful home setup, like it. It looks great. Um, and uh, yeah, so he's like, hey, come record. So I'm like, cool. He did, uh, he, he really hasn't done any like uh, bands, you know, like punk bands or anything like that. It was mostly like, like more like lo-fi indie stuff. So um, we kind of, you know, just said, you know, screw it. We'll see what happens. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so, you know, we did go back and forth quite a few times, you know, trying to get the mixes right and everything. Um, but yeah, I think it came out pretty good. Um, and, uh, yeah, um, we're pretty, pretty happy with it. Um, we probably are going to, uh, for our next album, um, we're probably going to go maybe back to Steve Perino, who me and, um, uh, it's not like official yet, but, or someone, uh, you know, that, uh, does it like really for a living, you know what I mean? Have it um, a little more produced and polished. Um, so yeah, uh, we did, me and Steve, when we were in Blacklist, we uh, we recorded with Steve Perino, um, uh with uh one of our albums was it true lust um but yeah since then he's like recorded like heart attack man and like normie and he's done like a ton of like 
great stuff. He does a lot of like a hardcore bands, but he's like, you know, he's one of those people who, you know, he does this kind of stuff all the time and we can just like blast through it and it'll sound, you know, more, like more polished and, and uh, produced. But Tony, you know, did, it was great working with Tony. He's a really cool guy. He's got a beautiful studio. He has a whole room full of like vintage, like, like, like Moogs and synths and oh, nice. like, he has like the, like the craziest stuff. It's like, yeah, it was, it was, it was fun just to kind of, you know, play around with stuff. Um, do you think after working with you guys, he's now just going to do all pop, pop? I mean, after low morale, it's like, forget the low you know, pop. It's, all pop it's funny because when we started recording or before we started recording, you know, I was like, you know, do you have any, you know, stuff, you know, punk stuff or like more like rock stuff I could check out that you've recorded. And, you know, uh, he sent me um, some stuff that like sounded good, but it was, you know, more like lo-fi indie stuff. You know, um, so I thought, you know, he's got a beautiful studio. He's a cool guy. Let's just do it. And, you know, maybe this will be the beginning of a of a career in punk music for him. You know, maybe everyone will be knocking down his door trying to do it. And you could say we were the first. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, honestly, we we did go back and forth quite a few times trying to get the mixes right and everything. Um, he's not used to doing our style. So um, that that did happen. But, uh, you know, it was it was really fun. He's an awesome dude um it was it was definitely fun banging it out uh and um yeah and so um yeah we are, we're really excited about these next songs um we're hoping to record uh hopefully by like the fall um and right back into it yeah we really yeah we were on just like you know i mean the thing is is like me and steve you know we were in uh, blacklister for years before we started little morale and the between the two of us we just like pump out songs there was probably like 20 blacklister songs that we demoed and never played live or recorded. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's so actually some of these songs are like recycled parts of old blacklister songs. Nice, um, nice. So uh, yeah, but I'm just, you know, uh, we have um, uh, Kyle, our drummer. Uh, he's, he's really great. Um, and then we have a, a bassist, George, who he reminds me of like the bassist from rancid. Like he just shreds on the bass you know, he's not, you know, like a lot of bands have, you know, a bassist who's pretty much a guitarist that just picks up a bass, you know, but he's like an actual bassist. Like he has full, you know, um, riffs, like totally unique bass riffs that he like adds to the songs. It's like, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. I, have to, I gotta, as a bass player too, like props to that. Cause you're not wrong, including in like pop punk, punk rock. Very many times you do get the guy who would probably either otherwise be playing like rhythm guitar in your band yeah. he's just playing root notes which i mean and i'm not talking shit yeah, I, mean, I mean there's nothing wrong with it i mean it's no, you know it's wrong but like you're talking about your basis now like i love that when it, you have a bona fide basis in there actually playing around on the neck and make it in writing bass lines and yeah. shit. Like, i appreciate I mean, that as a bass player george is such a great bass player that sometimes i almost want to say like you know water it down a little bit you're too good you know what i mean like like you're shred you know uh you know it's almost too, like too good um like honestly um uh, but yeah he's great um he's a great guy um and uh yeah it's we're really lucky to have him and and kyle um so yeah we're really looking forward to, to recording the new album um we have a we don't have a i think our next show we have scheduled is with um with uh, celebration summer on af records and um spells who we played with in the past they're super super cool 
Um, and then a local band, Lillier, who are super good. We've been trying to, Lillier has hit us up a couple times or a few times about playing a show and it never worked out. So when we got this show, we were talking about, I was talking to Spills about, should we have another band on the bill? And I was like, let me hit up Lillier. You know, we, we've been trying to, uh, to hook up for a show. Um, yeah, they're a great uh, female-led band, uh, super good. Not that that matters. Um, but yeah, they're they're super great. And so I'm stoked on that show. I was just talking to this band, um, Public Squares. This is a great local Cleveland band. It sounds um, I don't, I've heard that name before. I don't know if I've heard yeah, that. Yeah, they're, they're, they're really good. They uh, they do this whole like, it's almost, I don't know if it's, it's almost like Devo kind of shtick where they like, you know, dress up like in like jumpsuits or whatever and wear like these weird shades and like they're, oh, from, nice. like, they're from like another planet or something. But they're like, they're super cool. Um, yeah, we uh, we've been talking about uh, we might do something in the, in the next few months, so that would be fun. Have you played any of these uh, the the songs off this planet sucks? Have any of those gotten played live yet? If I'm not, when I saw you in December, I almost want to say you played one, but I know you played a new song. I don't know that that means it was on. Yeah, the- I think Ripper, um, which is the first song on the album on the EP, uh, this planet sucks. We did play that uh, when we. Uh, we played with Alistair. You were there, yeah, for that. Show. Yeah, that was super fun. Like, Alistair's one of those bands that, you know, I listened to them when I was in high school. So, you know, it's always crazy when you get to play with bands that, you know, I remember being on the school bus, you know, with playing them on my Discman, you know, and now we're sharing a, a stage with them. I felt the same way about the band Digger that were on Hopeless Records oh, like, yeah. years ago, and that was, like, a lot of fun. It was like, yeah, it's it's kind of surreal sometimes. Um, but yeah, it's definitely one of the perks about of like being in a band, you know, playing with some of your heroes, but they also say, don't meet your heroes. So <laughs> I have played, uh, I, uh, there have been a couple of bands I played with that I love and uh, you know, they're not the most <laughs> personable, you know, I mean, I get it. If I was, you know, if I was on tour and you know, maybe you're having a bad day and you know, uh, I don't know. I, you know. It's funny you you bring that up because I people like ask me like if I ever like interview someone who's like a real asshole and like I mean knock on wood it really to be completely honest I haven't had anyone like really bad but I think they also know that they're being interviewed in a way you know what I mean there is that whereas you kind of yeah. get that interesting side because being like you know if you're like playing with them and stuff you're kind of seeing them backstage you kind of get a better like I mean I feel like people are pretty candid with me but again. Like, you know, someone could come on here and kind of put it on. Whereas, like, with you, you might meet someone backstage, and I feel like you might get the real them a little more than I would. Well, I mean, like, especially when you're, like, loading in before the doors and stuff, and, you know, you're all just crossing paths and just kind of hanging out, you know, waiting for the doors to open. And, you know, I, I'll usually go up to other bands and be like, hey, what's up? You know, I'm supposed to play this show. And sometimes you're just like, hey, and just, like, walk away. And I'm just like, you know, sometimes I think, like, you know, you could at least fake it, you know, you know, just – Say like, oh hey, you know, cool, you know, like I don't know. Some some a couple bands have like not even like tried to uh to bullshit it, but uh it's whatever. As long as they're not like, you know, straight up assholes or mean, I'm I guess I'm cool with it. You'll be you'll be when uh when people start playing, you know, people come play a low morale, you'll be the cool guy. That's the shit to remember, is like that you go in and it's like, all right, you gotta be you gotta be cool to the opening band. I feel like that's a that's an important one to remember. Yeah, I mean, I played with national bands that were super cool, like like Digger, you know. Um, like, they were awesome. They were like, hey, let's, after we played a show together a few years ago, they were like, hey, like, let's go out. Like, first they, like, put on our 
merch, like put on our shirt and they're like, they're like, let's go, like, let's go drinking. Let's go hang out. So we hung out with Digger, uh, went to a bar and just kicked it. It was really fun. And we stayed in touch. And, um, and yeah, actually like the next day, I think, uh, the singer messaged me and he's like, I just listened to your album two times in a row. I love it. And I was like, Oh, cool. Like I, you know, I thought, you know, I wasn't expecting to hear that. And then he's like, are you guys looking for a label? And I was like, yeah. And, um, yeah, I don't know what happened with that. I think I like never really sent him anything, but, uh, <laughs> I probably should have. I'd probably be huge right now. It's now, funny you bring them up. I just played them on the radio show. Maybe like, I think two or three weeks ago, the one with the album with the fish on it. I can't think of the name, but there's like a fish. Yeah, on yeah, yeah. I forgot the name of that. It is on hopeless. It was a, it was a, I think it was, or I don't know how many albums they had on there, but yeah, it was a hopeless one, but yeah, it's funny. You bring them up of, I think it was like last time. Yeah. I feel like we're both kind of in that realm of bands. You may not hear other people bring up as much as. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they were never like a huge band, but you know, they're one of those bands that I get like those, like, you know, back before streaming a really good popular way, especially in the punk community of like checking out new bands was to buy these like, compilation cds they were like four yeah. or five dollars at hot topic or at a record store or whatever and a lot of, a lot of times like you know I'm, I'm saying this for i guess the viewers i'm i know you know about this but uh you know um you know there's be a sampler of like a bunch of bands on that label or sometimes it'll be from different labels and you know i remember just you know grabbing the album and like list, liking a song and be like oh who is this and being excited to find out who it was and yeah but uh yeah so they remind me of those days back in the day <laughs> I, I feel like lately they've, I, I don't know that I credit, I don't know that Bandcamp really has anything to do with it, but I noticed more lately that I see comps somewhat coming back, kind of on, like of anything like on Bandcamp, like people doing comps a little bit again, even like on a local scale here in Jamestown, we've had a yeah. couple like end up on some, which I'm all about, because I'm with you. I mean, one of the best ways to discover music, compilations. For sure. And what's funny is I feel like the the Spotify playlist or whatever playlist is kind of like the modern version of that. Yeah, you know what I mean, it's kind of you know, especially uh, it's more interactive because you could you know, literally anyone could make their own compilation now, you know, and put it on for the whole world to check out. Um, you know, aside from labels, aside from you know whoever, um, you know, so you know, like uh, there could be a all right. I think yeah, you have you made Power Chord Hour like playlists? Oh fuck yeah! Oh yeah! Yeah, tons. yeah, okay, yeah. tons of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's what's cool about it, you know. If you check out the new, you know, Power Chord Hour playlist, there's Sweet. a band, you know. It is like a comp in, the, in that way. I would yeah. love. It's like it's literally a compilation, so, yeah, it's whatever. And it's even, even more, I mean, they were, like you were saying, they were, they were really only five bucks to begin with, but hell, yeah. now they're free. Now you basically less, yeah. you get them for free. Yeah. How exactly. long... I, I mean, I know as we're talking, I mean, the EP just came out, but how long has it been out? Are we talking like, has it been a month already? Or is it not even yeah, been a month since this came yeah, out? Yeah, February 10th. So it's been a month. Yeah. Um, yeah. And um, yeah, we've uh, been lucky enough to be on a, a few uh, playlists and stuff and have a couple, uh, you know, sites post about it. So that's super cool. You know, uh, I know it's not like a big, you know, produced album or anything. Um but uh, yeah, I really appreciate all the, the positive feedback we've gotten from it and stuff. And uh, yeah, we're super stoked to record our next album already. So, but yeah. With the with the writing you're doing right now, I mean, again, I know we we're talking like some of, some of the songs and ideas and stuff go back to your previous band. But like now that, now that Low Morale, I mean, you've been a band, 
like a year. How long, how long has I, I, and I know last time we talked about this, I mean, the history goes way further back, but I mean, low morale is a band. Have you guys been a band now? Not even two years, right? Um, well, so when me and Steve kind of decided to, to like dissolve blacklister and kind of start a new project together, uh, that was like pre pandemic. Um, so, and we had a few songs we demoed and then I know, I don't know. I can't remember exactly when we officially formed low morale, which was pretty much just the two of us. Um, but when we started recording, uh, the first album, um, I know we started recording it right before like quarantine started and stuff. It was one of those deals. So we had a, yeah, so it was right around that time. So it was, yeah, probably like a little bit before maybe 2019, Oh shit! Okay, so yeah, a lot, a lot longer than I'm saying. Yeah, I feel longer, I think, because the first EP came out like late 2021. Yeah, well, okay. something like that. Well, it's one of those things though that because of the pandemic, it really slowed the whole process down. It was almost kind of like we were on hiatus for like a another like almost a year while we were you know there weren't like shows going on. You know, <laughs> uh, we were kind of trying to finish our album in little spurts. Of, you know, a little bit a month. You know, whenever we can. Uh, so yeah, that really slowed down the process. So there's like a, a year there where it's kind of like, you it's know, that odd. Yeah, it is. It is true. A lot of bands I talk to now, I mean, if you were kind of put, a, it put a pause on everything. So, so Which technically, yeah. But like, like what I was getting to though, like, I mean, now that, now that the band's been around for a couple of years and you know, you are writing more and stuff like that. I mean, his like, no, like thinking about it and like going going back, you know, talking about how long low morale has like been around now. And you've been around a couple years, and like when you kind of look back that transition into becoming low morale, what you kind of wanted to sound like, what you thought you would sound like, versus now a couple years in. I mean, do you feel like it's still the same kind of path you wanted to take in the beginning? Do you think the songs you're writing now sound drastically different from that? Or I mean, you know, a few years in now, do you do you feel like you're kind of doing the same? Not the same in that way, you know what I mean? Not like you're just doing the same old, same old, but like that initial idea of what you wanted, low morale, do you feel like it's still kind of there? Like the same vibe? Yes, exactly. Yeah. I mean, the thing about, you know, me and Steve, like initially write all the songs and we've never, I don't think we've ever once said like, you know, let's do this kind of style or this kind of style or, you know, anything like that. Um, I know that he, you know, the way we write is, um, is, you know, usually he'll write an instrumental, send it to me. I'll write, you know, vocal melody and vocals over it. Um, so, you know, that's just kind of how we, how we do it. Um, and, you know, I feel like what's great about Steve is like some of the songs, you know, could sound totally different. You know, it's not like we're playing like polka on one song and like heavy metal, you know, but yeah. you know, they're all within, you know, the punk and kind of, you know, emo alternative spectrum or whatever. But um, yeah, like I know when we first started writing music, you know, he, I remember he did tell me that he, when he writes, he always tries to picture my voice, you know, singing over it, you know, try to anticipate what I might do and kind of form the songs to my voice. Um, because yeah, I mean, he was probably playing like almost more like rancidy. <laughs> Is that a word? Rancidy? Rancidy stuff. <laughs> now. And and yeah, I feel like when we first started, he like, I remember his, his wife was there and she's like, you sound like the guy from saves the day. So it was like, so I was like singing more like, you know, emo vibes over like rancid stuff. So, and that's, that's, what's cool about us is, you know, we kind of, 
combine slightly different styles to form something that's, you know, it's, it's definitely, I'm not saying we're like original by any means necessarily, but you know, it kind of, we kind of are both coming from different angles sometimes and it kind of creates something, you know, fun. Um, you know, and I think I kind of touched on that last time we, we talked, but um, yeah, I mean, answer your question. Like, uh, yeah, I don't think we were like, okay, Lil Morel has to sound this way, but we don't want to sound like blacklist or anything like that. Um, you know, it's kind of honestly, whatever, uh, whatever Steve comes up with, it's like, I, I always use the analogy, like Steve is almost like a wave and I'm like a surfer. So I'm just like anticipating that, that next wave coming. It's, you know, so, oh, when yeah. I see, you know, when I see he sent me, like emailed me a, a new instrumental, it's like, it's like exciting. Cause it's like, Ooh, you know, like, let's see, get my surfboard out and, you know, tackle this, you know, vocally. And, um, yeah. And, uh, like, I feel like we're two sides of the same coin. Cause a lot of times, you know, it's like, uh, I'm just can't wait to just jump in. A lot of times I get, I get melodies like right away. Um, once in a while, there'll be one that, uh, that I kind of, you know, send me a few songs and, and there'll be one where I can't think of anything, but I would say like, you know, uh, most of the time, uh, you know, we're like, we're like this two sides of the same coin. And, uh, yeah, we just kind of do whatever, you know, there, you know, sometimes we'll have songs that are a little slower and driving. Sometimes we'll have songs that are more like, you know, he's picturing like a punk beat when he sends me demos, he usually programs the drums and he plays bass. He's a great bassist too. Um, so yeah, it's like, it's pretty much, they sound almost like fully formed songs. It's not like him just playing acoustic or something. Um, so I get the full vibe of what he's picturing. And then, then after I record the vocals, I give it to, you know, uh, George and Kyle and they kind of throw in their own flavor to it. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, we don't really have like a certain direction. I have noticed that there have been like themes that I don't necessarily plan lyrically. Um, I think it's cause I'm going to be uh, 40 uh, in May. So that's been, I've been going through kind of like an existential slash midlife crisis, you know? And um, so a lot of my lyrics have been kind of like dealing with that. Um, so uh, yeah, that's definitely, you know, like, you know, have I accomplished what I want to accomplish? You know, have I done what I want to do, you know, by this point in my life, you know, when you start getting older, um, you know, you start thinking about that stuff and it kind of like, you know, fucks with you mentally. Um, so yeah. And, you know, like, I feel like a lot of people, um, you know, that grew up that are around our age, you know, and maybe in their thirties or even early forties or whatever, or even late twenties, you know, um, that grew up, um, you know, in the pop punk scene, listening, you know, grew up with drive through records and, you know, the vagrant stuff, you know, that whole scene, um, in the, uh, late nineties, early two thousands, you know, we're all getting older, you know, a lot of, you know, a lot of, uh, people our age are having kids and getting married and getting houses and stuff. So, you know, and I, we actually have a new song, um, tentatively titled all my heroes are turning gray. Uh, <laughs> that's kind of, you know, like, you know, I, I see all my favorite bands that I, you know, grew up idolizing and, you know, a lot, you know, a lot of them are getting old, you know, they're, they have gray hair, you know, Mark Hoppus, you know, in the, in the new promos for Blink, you know, he's got gray hair. It's like, it's really like, oh shit, like this is happening. Like time is real. Yeah. Like this is real. Like we're getting older. There's no stopping it. I mean, look at me, like my head shaved. Like I used to have like spiky hair with like uh, bleach spots in it. I love my hair, but I got to the point where it's like, got to shave it, you know? Um <laughs> But got to do the Dan Andriano look, I guess. But um, 
That's, you know, Dan Adriano is my hero right now. Aside from Loving Oakland Trio, it's like, okay, well, he rocks it. So it's exactly. cool. And like we were talking about earlier, good bass players who are actually legit, like not just playing root notes there. Exactly. Damn, not a bass player, but I mean, a damn fine one if you're going to, you know, rip off. You know, I, was thinking, I noticed like a lot of like punk dudes lately, um, like Tim Armstrong and like uh, Travis Barker, you know, they have like the whole like head scalp tattoo. I realized, I think they're just balding and just said, I'm going to shave my, like, I didn't even think about this so recently. I'm like, that's a punk rock. Like it's the equivalent of like Aaron Hansen shit. Yeah. Like it's a punk rock. I'm like, I think they're just being sneaky. I didn't think of that. I think they just are bald and (laughs) are making it look like, no, I just do this. I want to get a cool head tat. And uh, yeah, I wonder if Travis, like if he didn't shave, if he would have like, you know, he'd be totally bald. You know, Um, to be honest, when's the last time he grew his hair out? That is. That's what I'm saying. You start wondering that, yeah. Oh, he's just doing that so he can see his cool head tattoo, but maybe, you know, he's pulling one on us. Oh, I'm um, with no, I'm with you with that. I, I actually think it is. You kind of like you kind of bring up an interesting point, like as you as you're talking about, like I mean, getting older, and I mean, everybody obviously everybody gets older, but like punk is punk and pop punk and all that's kind of interesting because I do feel like there's this like. Like, even if not yourself personally, like, I do think there's people who just expect, like, Tom DeLong will be 27 forever. And it's yeah. like, it just doesn't, that's just not how it works. It's like, going to be in, like, fourth grade forever. Yeah. yeah it's, but, like, even more, I feel like, in punk rock, because there's something, I feel like there's certain genres where, like, you just kind of age. And that, I mean, we all age. You can't stop it. You just can't. But, like. Yeah, it's, it's, like, funny that, like, pop punk is, like, the new, like, classic rock, you know? Yeah, it Which really is- it is, is though. You know, because when you think about classic rock, like, you know, a lot of it is kind of not all of it. Some of it's, you know, like some of the Motley Crue stuff could be kind of flagrant and kind of, you know, girls, girls, girls and stuff. But, you know, a lot of it, a lot of the lyrics from like, you know, 70s, 80s, 60s, you know, the original classic rock, you know, some of the lyrics are more like poetic and kind of vague and, and kind of age better. But, you oh, know, yeah. like, especially like the pop punk stuff, you know, are a lot more, uh, kind of like humorous and uh what's the word um juvenile i guess is the word you know you know like um you know like i told you i was i like mxpx life in general is one of my favorite albums of all time i know every word yes and uh steve actually the guitarist of low morale uh was it for my what was it for oh for the holidays or whatever he gave me a, a mxpx life in general on vinyl and i was so stoked that i listened to it and i love i still love the songs but lyrically, some of them are, you know, it's like, I'm going to pick you up after school on my Vespa. And, you know, uh, you want to see still me? cleans my room. Yeah. He li- they literally, yeah. There's literally a song called my mom still cleans my room. You know, it's stuff like this where it's like, you know, it doesn't really, you know. Actually, that one gets funnier as my career gets older, to be honest. That one I take back. I think, I think my mom still cleans my room only gets funnier. as like, yeah. I imagine like a 60 year old Mike Carrera on stage going, here's my mom still cleans my room. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, like, obviously it's whatever. I mean, at the time when it came out, you know, it's, it's, you know, he was singing about stuff that he knew. I mean, you know, obviously it's, it makes sense, you know, but it's just, the, you know, with pop punk, sometimes like looking back on, you know, listening to it in your thirties, forties, you know, it's kind of like, Oh, I don't really relate to this anymore. You know what I mean? Um, it's very kind of dated in that way, but I still, those songs are amazing. I love them. Um, you know, and same with Blink-182, a lot of it's, you know, oh. lyrically, especially the older stuff. Um, they're great songs. There's no, you know, there's nothing wrong with them. They're super catchy, super great. But yeah, just like lyrically. So I don't know. And I mean, and just the opposite, 
you know, the stuff that I'm singing about, you know, younger kids and teenagers that are listening to low morale might feel the opposite about it. They might say like, you know, are you singing about, you know, not have, you know, uh, is this hourglass half full or, ha or half empty, you know, <laughs> like lyrics like that and, and just stuff about, um, you know, about feeling like time's running out and wanting to like, you know, accomplish your dreams and looking back on your life, you know, they might be like, you know, thinking like, what the fuck is he talking about? I have my entire life out of me. Like, I don't relate to this, you know? So, I mean, it goes both ways, but you know, just like I could still rock out to, you know, MXPX and stuff like that, that I don't necessarily relate to the lyrics. Um, you know, hopefully people that, you know, maybe are, are too young to really relate to it. Hopefully they'll at least, um, dig the song and, still, and still feel it. And, you know, and I feel like there are still things that you, that they could relate to on some level. I feel oh, like yeah. there's definitely things I think I, I touch on that are universal, no matter how young or old you are, you know, um, you know, um, so, and that's, that's kind of like, that's honestly why, like, I can't listen to a band for the most part. Um, if I don't feel the lyrics, you know what I mean? Like, uh, I, like back in the, the CD days, I'd always like grab the booklet out and like, while I like listen to it, um, and, um, if the lyrics sucked, I just couldn't, you know, but, you know, <laughs> but I would read it almost like, po like reading along with like poetry or something. And, um, those are the bands that, that really, uh, hooked me and why I got, you know, into the emo and, you know, I don't like using the word pop punk really, but you know, the pop punk melodic punk rock scene is because, you know, I felt like it was kind of a community and, you know, I related to their, their angst and their, you know, whatever, um, the, the whole vibe. Um, so yeah, so I just, you know, the biggest compliment I think is, you know, hearing somebody say they relate to the lyrics or, you know, or dig the lyrics or quote it or whatever. That's, uh, I'm a big lyric guy. So that's pretty important to me. I don't even know what we were talking about. No, actually, <laughs> I mean, we were, we were going on a side thing. You kind of got me going with like, I mean, just pop punk and punk rock. And I mean, really like, I feel like us, just the genre aging differently than a lot of others do. But like also to your credit, talking about like your lyrics and stuff, I think you're at the better part because what you're singing now, I feel like you could still sing in 20 years and it won't be that like we we're talking about the, the yeah. two sides of it. But the stuff you're talking about, you can still relate to later on. And even like younger people, like I think I get what you're saying. And maybe, you know, you're not you're not singing as juvenile lyrics as some. So maybe they'll get it. But if they don't right away, it's also something you get to later on. But also, if you like the kind of music, you fucking get into it either way. But like, yeah. Also, I, I think kind of with that too, like I, I've thought of this for a while and last time I saw you was at the Menzinger, so I know you're a fan, but like I think of a band like that where I go, that might be the way to go because those dudes were writing like they were old men when yeah. they were like, in their early 20s. So like you almost age into those songs. Like they can play them years later and it's not the picking you up from high school and this and that. They almost go the other way where like at 22, they're writing songs like they're 45 fucking years yeah. old. <laughs> like they're like, you know, she, we were such lookers in the, in the old yeah. days, and, you know, like the, the waitress at the, at the diner where we were smoking the same cigarettes and you know, it's almost you like, age into those you age in. He didn't fucking like that yeah, dude was listening to blink when he when he was 17. Like he's, I, you know, I've seen them a million times live. Oh, one of my uh, favorites. But yeah, the lyrics are really funny. I like some of the hard times episodes, uh, or I'm sorry, hard times like memes where they're like uh, uh, something about like the Menzinger is inspired for a new song when uh, the waitress went out for a smoke break or something, you know, something. 
something like that. But yeah, they do a lot of like uh, kind of old timey, like reminiscing, you know. Uh, yeah, it's it's pretty. It almost reminds me of like Bruce Springsteen or like yes. Tom Waits or something, you know, like one of those kind of like poetically looking back on the past. Um, but it is funny because you think of like even like on the impossible past where it's like they were probably in mid 20s they were like what mid 20s when they like wrote that's so you like think yeah. about it age wise and i'm not and again i ain't talking shit it's one of my favorite records like yeah. it's, it's interesting those, yeah it's interesting to look it's like, at all people have like old souls it's like they have old souls you know what i mean like they're singing as if they're like in their at least 50s or 60s you know yes it, it is, but it is it's so interesting like that is you know how some kind of have that but i'd say more go the other way of like you know because again like we we do think of it that way where like yeah like you hear like you know go back to mxpx like you you almost hear it like you know if you go see them play live yeah they're not 20 something now but they wrote those songs when they were 20 something you know it's like that context too where it's yeah. like yeah it seems less weird my mom still cleans my room if you were like college aged or something when you wrote it you know what i mean yeah well, I mean, you know, there's a saying, write what you know. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, well, I guess unless you're like, a, you know, writing like sci-fi stuff, then, you know, you have to make it up. But, uh, you know, um, there's a lyric in one of the new songs uh, that's, uh, I'm sick of writing sad songs, but they say to write what write what you know is one of the lyrics. Um, it's a good and, line. Uh, it's like, you know, I kind of wrote that because, you know, Steve, if we run into somebody together, they'll be like, oh, what's your band sound like? And or like, how do you guys, you know, they'll ask some question about our band and he'll be like, well, I write the music. And then Justin writes um, lyrics that make you want to slit your wrists. <laughs> so he, always, he always says something like that, you know, joking around. Um, but I don't want people to think that my lyrics are, you know, that haven't heard us um, listening to this, like think that all my lyrics are super depressing because I don't think they are. There's, I always try to sprinkle a little bit of um, hope in there as well. Um, you know, uh, and, uh, you know, um, it really, it's it's kind of like a exorcism for me, uh, getting out all my demons. You know what I mean? Um, so it just it's very therapeutic. I probably really need therapy, honestly, but uh, this is a lot cheaper, um, and I'm too lazy. So I just you know I just pour out all my uh, my angst and existential dread um, on the songs, and um, yeah, I just hope that you know my fellow. Uh, punk and emo fans that are, you know, around the same generation as me, um, you know, can enjoy the songs and also relate to them. That's really what I'm hoping for. On the, like on the lyrical side, side with that, which I mean, I, I like the way you write. I mean, I, I think it's, I think it's relatable. I think you like, you were saying, you write what you know, and also pretty easily, I think anyone can relate to most of the like subject matter, but for like you and your writing, I mean, do you have, and I'm not even really talking about preference and you listening, because maybe it's different for you listening to a band versus you writing. But do you like when you write lyrics, just putting it out cut and dry where you go, you know what the song's about? Like if I listen to the song lyrically, I know what it's about. Or do you like being a little cryptic? And again, I'm talking more for your personal writing. Maybe you feel different when you're listening to someone, but for you writing, do you like to lay it all out there where it's like you really can't like, you know, misconstrue what this song's about? Or do you like that where it's like it's up for interpretation? You know, I think it's, I think it's honestly a little bit of both. I feel like a lot of it is kind of, you know, you pretty much know what I'm saying, but I like to, you know, sprinkle in some things that are a little more metaphorical and poetic. It's kind of a mixture of both. Um, you know, some of my favorite bands are like Saves the Day, Alkaline Trio, um, you know, especially like Saves the Day will do things where they'll like name drop 
like actual dates and like describe, you know, this paint a picture of this actual scenery. It's like, gets very literal, you know what I mean? Yes. Um, you know, they'll name drop street names or, you know, whatever. But at the same time, then they'll have lyrics that are a little more poetic and a little more metaphorical um, and a little witty or, you know, so I kind of mix it, mix it up a little bit. Honestly, sometimes the lyrics get a little too real and, <laughs> and I have to kind of <laughs> dial it back a little bit, you know, like, uh, I'm like, okay, maybe that's like too straightforward, you know, let's make it a little more, you know, um, dial it back. But, um, yeah, but I mean, I, I don't really, I kind of just let the music as corny as it sounds. I just kind of like let the music tell me what it's about in a weird way. Um, I think Steve's a great songwriter and, um, and, and he's really good at writing, you know, each song is like a little bit different, a little bit different vibe. Um, and uh, yeah, it just evokes, is that the right word? Invokes, evokes. It evokes like certain feelings in me that it brings out, you know, depending on the vibe of the song. And sometimes I just, it just, I just get this like mental picture vibe um, of the direction that I think the song should go in and, you know, what I should be saying over it. Um, so yeah, I guess his music just kind of pulls these things out of me. Um, and sometimes songs are, you know, about multiple things. Um, and there's also another weird thing is sometimes I'll listen to songs that, you know, are on albums that I put out years ago and I'll be like, like, oh my God, like that, like this kind of more poetic metaphorical part. Like I didn't even understand it at the time. And I, like years later, I'll listen back to it and be like, oh my God, I get it now. Like, like I was like talking to my future self, like, like that, like, or I'll realize that things work on more levels than I even realized lyrically. <laughs> I'd be like, wow, that was actually like pretty rad. You know, like I didn't even get that it works this way too. I don't know. I'm just, I just love lyrics. You know what I mean? That's cool. Uh, yeah. I just love I was, it. I was going to ask you earlier too, which I mean, you just kind of led back into it, but like kind of with like the, the using music as a therapy, like you writing and kind of realizing like, does that, does that happen a lot for you where like, you might realize like some of the either what some of your issues or problems are it's not, like whatever whatever it is in life like do you almost not notice what's bothering you until you like write lyrics and then go oh fuck i guess like you were talking about earlier like you're writing these lyrics and all of a sudden you're not even purposely doing it but you're getting close to 40 so like you write about you know your age and you start writing about these and maybe it's not maybe it's not it's like subconscious or whatever yeah. does that happen a lot for you where like you you later realize it might even be instant, but you look at these lyrics and go, oh shit, maybe there is like something, maybe this is what's going on. This is what's bothering me or this is what's good. I mean, it doesn't all have to be negative either, but I, I mean, I think you kind of get what I'm getting at. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think I do that a lot and I noticed one thing that I've been doing lately is, and this might make me sound totally crazy is I, I work from home for my day job and, uh, I'll like, I'll go like get up and go pee and like, just be kind of talking, <laughs> talking to myself or thinking in my head just about life or whatever. And I'll just like, you know, these like little one liners, like, you know, I'll just sit like think to myself like, oh, this feels like I'm whatever, some metaphor or whatever. And then when I'm going to go, like, I'm not thinking about, you know, anything other than just literally that thought. And then when I go to like, uh, write lyrics for the song, like that, that literal thought that I had in, in real, you know, real time before, uh, I'll be like, Ooh, I should just say that here. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. so I'm trying to think of an example, but I can't right now. Um, 
but yeah, some like a lot of the thoughts that I've had are, are the lyrics that I wrote down um, are things that I've like literally like thought even before, uh, you know, I went to go try to think of lyrics, just random thoughts that popped in my head, existential dread thought, <laughs> you know, kind of thoughts. Yeah. That's interesting. I mean, it's, it's something that, uh, you know, I, I think if you don't write lyrics, you may not realize like something like that where yeah. I mean, I'm sure, I think, I'm sure intrusive, I think the therapeutic term would be intrusive thoughts. <laughs> uh, yeah. Intrusive thoughts out on paper. Yeah, exactly. They intrude and then I get them back out. I push them out. But yeah, I mean, another thing too is like, I love melody too. Like aside from the lyrics, like, like, you know, Bobby Vaughn, my brother, he, uh, I, I think I might've said this before, but uh, one time he told me, he's like, I think you're so good at writing catchy uh, melodies because you have ADD and the only way you're going to remember them is if it's super fucking catchy. <laughs> so I'm like, that's probably like, it has to be so catchy that it drills into my brain. So I remember it. Um, so if it's not catchy, I literally just forget it, <laughs> which is like, I guess a good problem to have. Yeah, it really is. He's, he's not, he's not wrong. I mean, you do write some good melodies and yeah, you got to make them, you got to make them memorable. You make exactly. forgettable stuff, you know? Exactly. I try. I don't know. I, I mean, I got, I got a couple more for you here. I mean, it, you know, you look at, like I was talking about low morale has been a band for a couple years now. I mean, are you someone, this always interests me because some, some people seem to like, you know, they really kind of look ahead with the band and they know what they want to do with it. And they kind of, I don't know if vision is the right word, but I mean, you know, you have goals or whatever with it. Some people just like to see where shit goes. I mean, are you someone when you, when you look at the rest of the year, do you kind of have goals for low morale or are you kind of more go with the flow? What happens happens. That's a really good question. Um, you know, honestly, when I was in high school, um, I played a lot of shows with like you know, bigger bands and stuff. And I know I'm kind of taking this a little further back, but, um, Oh, you're good. And I always, I always, you know, thought like, Oh, I'm definitely going to get signed. I'm definitely going to, you know, tour the world. Like I was just so confident, which is, I guess something that you kind of need to have because it's a very tough industry. You have to be confident in yourself for sure. I, I think, um, but I was a little overconfident. I'm like, Oh, I'm going to be on the cover of Rolling Stone for sure. I'm going to be on the cover of AP. <laughs> I was like very, overconfident and um you know i was sure i was doing it um you know but there's been i've been i've gone through so many bands you know because it's it's almost like you know trying to find the right uh what's a good metaphor i don't know just you know here i'm like bragging i have the best metaphors and i'm like i don't know what to <laughs> compare this to um yeah it's just it's just like it's kind of like trying to you know, if somebody dumped a bunch of puzzle pieces from different puzzles together and trying to, to find the right pieces, it's, it's super hard. It really is. So I admire, you know, any bands that, that make it work. So it's really like being in a, um, you know, like a marriage or, and having a small business with like four or five other people, you know, so it's hard. I know I'm getting kind of off track, but. Oh no, um, I like this. So, so what I'm trying to say is I've always, you know, wanted to, to, to tour and, you know, take it as, you know, as far as we could. Um, but, you know, and then all of a sudden, you know, after being in multiple bands and stuff, uh, you know, next thing you know, you're almost 40, <laughs> you know, um, and, uh, you know, it's harder to tour and stuff, you know, um, you know, unless, especially since, you know, everyone else in my band are like in our, uh, in their like thirties at least. Um, so, you know, it's hard to just pick up when you're in high school or right out of high school, it's easy to just pick up and do whatever. Oh, um, but 
Yeah, to, to, to answer your question, um, I would love to take it as far as we can within, you know, what's realistic for us. Um, you know, I would love to, especially, you know, after this next album is recorded, hopefully um, be able to put it out on a label, even if it's like a smaller label. Um, you know, we definitely try to play some like national local shows, if that makes sense. Uh, we'd love, yeah, I mean, our my personal goal is I would love to, 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 uh, to uh, hook up with like, at least like a small to medium label, maybe do some, you know, week long weekend or weekend long tours, play some festivals, you know, uh, we're definitely, we'll definitely never be like a road dog band and tour a lot or anything like that. But um, yeah, I mean, honestly, Steve, he's always told me he just does this for fun. <laughs> you know, he, uh, you know, he just, it's just an excuse to get out of his house and, and hang out with some friends because he has two kids and a wife and he has like a government job working for the patent office and uh, you know um, he's toured and stuff in the past, but yeah, he just does it for fun. And I feel like I'm almost kind of dragging Steve along on my little, he just kind of <laughs> begrudgingly goes along with, you know, my endeavors. Um, but yeah, he, Steve doesn't really give a shit what happens. He's cool for whatever, you know, if, you know, he has fun, you know, he, you know, when I tell him like, Hey, we're playing with Alistair, he's like, hell yeah, I love Alistair. You know what I mean? But he doesn't care either way. He'd be fine just jamming and having some beers and, you know, just writing some, some songs. Um, obviously I love that too, but yeah, I mean, I'd like to see how far we could take it within, you know, what's, what we're literally capable of doing. Like I said, we can't tour a lot because, you know, he has a family and, you know, we all have bills to pay and stuff. Uh, especially these days, it's, you know, hard to make money in the record industry or, you know, playing music unless you're selling out like stadiums. I mean, you know, even bigger bands, you know, uh, you know, they, when they're not touring, they, a lot of them have like side hustles, you know what I mean? So. Oh, dude, you know how many people I interview on here? Like even like of, of larger bands who, yes, like they have day jobs, like not, not everybody, but like lots of people you may not realize have day jobs. It's a hard yeah. one to make a lot of money. I mean, like, yeah, we play with, uh, off with our heads and, uh, I know the singer <laughs> of that band, he has a printing company, you know, he makes sure. some other bands and stuff. Um, you know, a lot of people, um, uh, some people like bartend, you know, have construction job, you know, um, I think I all the Alistair dudes have day jobs. Yeah. Like I know, uh, Pat from, uh, light years, no pressure. He works at this really cool pizza spot, Ohio pie. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, like I said, unless you're selling out stadiums, like you're really nowadays because people don't really pay a lot for music. I mean, I guess there's like a vinyl boom going on right now, but because of streaming, obviously, um, you know, bands make their money off of merch and ticket sales. So, and a lot of times, you know, a lot of bands make just enough to pay themselves back and maybe even make a little bit of profit, but it's definitely not, not uh, enough to live off of. So yeah, it's hard, you know, um, even some ones who I think make money, they got to road dog it as in like, you're out, oh, yeah. you are out nine, 10 months of the year. Like it's yeah, not, I mean, you have to hustle, man. It's tough. Like if you want to, you know, if you're like a medium sized, medium sized band, you know, or even like a band on fat records or, you know, any of that kind of stuff. Um, you know, you gotta, you gotta just tour all fucking year, you know, like, and it's, it's rough, dude. It's, it's tough. I've done, I haven't really toured a lot. I've done a little bit, but um, yeah, man. I mean, honestly, I love, I love sleeping in my own bed. I love being comfortable, especially as I get older too. Honestly, like I used to be the kind of person that like, if I didn't go out and, party every night I'd like go crazy 
but now it's like the opposite. Like I dread going out now that I'm getting older. Like I just, I don't know, like a, a switch flipped and now it's like, um, yeah, I just want to like stay in and just kick it. You know what I mean? And, uh, just hang out. Um, you're in a good place for it though. Cause Cleveland has a nice scene. You get good bands coming through. There's good venues and shit. So it's like, you know, even if you're not the band who's playing 11 months out of the year, there's great shows and great bands to play with. You know what I mean? There's like, you're in a, you're in a good area. You're not like in the middle of like fucking nowhere where for like sure. you, you play. Yeah, like I live in Lakewood, Lakewood, which is like on the West side of kind of like West side of Cleveland and a great um, area. If no one's been, that's a great area. I mean, you've got uh, the Winchester is literally down the street. You've got no class, the foundry. Um, yeah, there's, there's tons of places. Uh, and then obviously on the East side, you got the grog shop, the Beachland. I mean, there's tons of cool spots. Um, I don't know if I mentioned the five o'clock lounge. Yeah. There's a, uh, yeah, some, yeah. We're, I'm really lucky to live in an area where there's a lot of cool spots. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm hoping we have that, sh- that, uh, that spells and, and, uh, uh, celebration summer show coming up. I'm really hoping to, uh, and where is that? I feel like there's not a lot, like we usually like to jump on, like if a national band's coming through that, you know, it'd be cool to play with. We try to, you know, jump on that. And there really isn't like a lot. I feel like a lot of bands are like in either like recording right now or like in Europe and Australia, I've noticed <laughs> there's not a lot of bands touring that like are kind of like genre that we try to, you know, I feel like it's still the quiet time of the year. I mean, I can't speak yeah. for everyone, but I know like even doing like, I mean, like, like once you hit, like, I feel March, April and on, like even for like interviews, like January, February, not a lot of people are releasing stuff. And I feel like it's very quiet. Like March is like just when it starts kind of ramping up and you start yeah. kind of getting shit. But yeah, like this part of year, I feel like is always insanely quiet. Plus our part of the country too. Not everyone wants to tour, uh, you exactly. know, the, the Rust Belt, Great Lake regions. Uh, yeah. In, in the the winter states. Yeah. Yeah, there's, I mean, yeah, for example, like, uh, AFI just did, like, two huge Sing the Sorrow uh, uh, shows that I would have, yeah, with Jawbreaker opening, I would have loved yeah. to, uh, to see that. But, yeah, I mean, there's a lot, of, you know, a lot of bands are just doing things, like, on the West Coast, I notice, you know, especially if they're from there, obviously. Um, but, yeah, a lot of, I see a lot of bands are in Australia recently, in Europe, um, or recording, you know, because I... You know, I follow, I creep on all the bands, you know, the labels and stuff on Instagram and stuff just to see what's going on. And yeah, so there's not really a lot coming through here. Um, so yeah, but like I said, uh, there's some, a couple local bands, uh, I've been talking to you about maybe, uh, getting something going, but, um, I mean, we're cool. We're, we're, you know, trying to keep on trekking forward, um, and record this new album. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, we're, we're stoked about this planet sucks um it was it was fun to record we love the songs uh i'm i'm honestly super stoked to you know record our next ep which which you know we're it's going to be a little more produced a little more polished um so uh yeah we don't have anyone locked down 100 but like i said there's a couple of people we have in mind um that you know like do this you know for a living pretty much and you know know how to nail it down um exactly what you know we're doing so um yeah we're kind of looking forward to that and hopefully uh we'll find um like a smaller medium label that's down to put it out i'd love to put out like a seven inch or something some vinyl would be sick um but now that i'm getting old that's uh you know i'm like i want a vinyl um (laughs) 
Um, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, that's, that's honestly kind of my, you know, you were asking what I kind of want out of low morale. That's, it's kind of my, that's kind of my, my dream. I, I was honestly kind of hoping to do it before 40, but I, I hopefully it'll be in my early forties at least, you know, just signed to a small label, um, put out an album that I'm like super, super proud of. Um, and not that I'm not proud of the other one, but you know, just something that's super polished and, uh, and yeah, just, you know, play some shows, hopefully play some festivals. Um, just he see how far we can take it. No, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait for, uh, more new music and shit. And that means nothing. I think, I think again, like kind of even going back to, it, I think like punk pop punk and shit ages too like, it's looked at too like much in the way of like everyone. I feel like, Oh shit, it's over. Where it's like, nah, you can write your best shit later on. You might, you, you may be writing your best stuff in your forties. I think for some reason, punk and pop punk has that like youthful side where we feel like it's like this fucking wild thing. It's like, no, you might, you could write your best shit coming up, you know? Like, sure. I, I mean, that's honestly part of the reason why I really try to avoid using the term pop punk is because a lot of people think of, you know, like skate ramps and some 41 and, you know, my yeah. girlfriend, saw, you know, and like, you know, and that's why I try to use the term like melodic punk rock, you know, which is similar, but just maybe, you know, not as juvenile, you know, not that there's anything wrong with it, more juvenile stuff. Believe me, I listened to a ton of it, but you know, um, I don't even know what I was trying to get at, but, but yeah, yeah. About, yeah. About it, you know, aging well or whatever. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I've been diving into like, like the OG, you know, emo and like pop punk, you know, like, like knapsack and Sam, I am and jawbreaker and you know, all that kind of stuff. And I mean, I think that stuff ages pretty good, you know, like, um, you know, oh, sure I would say jawbreaker is one of them. They're kind of are in the Menzingers camp where like, Blake Schwarzenbach was like 25 writing songs. Like he was like 50 years old looking back on his life from like 30 years earlier. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's just, that's another thing too, is like, I, I mean, I, I want to write things that not only people relate to, but hopefully they age, you know, like I always, now that I'm getting older, that's part of like the midlife crisis existential dread thing is like, you know, I think of like my legacy. I know that sounds like kind of dumb to talk about, but um you know, I just think like after I die or, you know, something happened to me today, you know, what would be, you know, not like it really matters that much, but like, you know, what do I have that I'm like leaving behind, you know, that, you know, to, uh, I don't even know what I'm saying, but you know what no, I, I mean? Think a lot of people think of, think of that though. And I, yeah, I also, you know, when they think, of they think of and you know, are, you know, if they pull up my songs, are they, you know, are they going to be like, you know, what do I have? What am I leaving behind that represents my time on earth? You know what I mean? Like sure. stuff like that. Uh, on top so, of that, how many people wish they did they never do who then later go back and go, fuck, I wish I would release music or this or that. Or, you know, you can be like, yeah, motherfucker, I did it. Like I went and I went and did it. I released the albums. I played yeah. the shows. Like I did, I did the things that people want to do and just never did. You know what I mean? Like you're that much further, I would say, than a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't think I'm ever going to stop trying, you know, it's like I, because I kind of, it's one, it sounds cliche, but it's one of those things where it's like, I just have to do it. If I don't do it, I'll go crazy. And the funniest part is being in a band is super, super stressful. I'm sure anybody, you know, anybody would tell you that um, even the happiest looking band <laughs> behind the scenes, it gets, you know, it's literally like being in a marriage and being in a, you know, having a small business with them too. Um, but um, what was I even talking about? Just, I mean, like, 
Like, I mean, the, the very much that the, the, like keeping, you know, I think a lot of people want to be in a band or they want to write songs and play shows and stuff like that, but to actually go do it, like you're talking about, I mean, it's not really one person. It's a couple people. You all kind of have to work together and it's kind of a yeah. juggling act to make it like yeah. last and, and work. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's what I was saying. I was pretty much saying that, you know, like I, like, I feel like I have to do it. You know, I, I, it makes me happy. It's also stressful, but you know, I, I'm just kind of, sometimes I feel kind of like, you know, like those little drawing of like a, someone riding a donkey holding like a stick with a carrot over its face to get it to move forward, but it's never really going to get to the carrot. You know, I kind of feel like I have these like goals that like, I feel like I'm so close sometimes, but you know, like I said, um, I don't know. It's, it's, I've been doing this for about 20 years. My first show I ever played was 2001, the year I graduated high school, um, which really ages me. But so, yeah, I've been doing this for 20 years. It's just, it's been really tough. Uh, I've been in a, you know, a lot of bands, usually for like a couple of years each, a few years each. Um, but, you know, me and Steve have been together for years now, but we've gone through tons of different members. Uh, it's been tough. Um, I think we have some like, pretty solid songs. Um, but yeah, it just, it's just a matter of, uh, you know, taking the songs and doing, you know, utilizing them in the right way. Um, so yeah, um, I'm hoping after this next album, uh, we get some label support and could do some fun things. I mean, not that a label's like that important anymore. You know, a lot of people do things DIY, but you know, just to, uh, to spread the fan base and uh, you know, and get a little support maybe financially and, and otherwise. Um, I think just having that stamp of approval, you know, I'm so self-conscious about myself, even after doing this for 20 years, just having that stamp of approval that, a you know, a label, even if they're a small label, like believes in you enough to, you know, put out your stuff is something that um, would be pretty validating. I know that sounds kind of weird to say, but it's the truth. So yeah, that's kind of my goal, honestly. Uh, so I'm hoping within the next like year or two, it, it finally happens. Nice, nice. So I mean, not only do we have new low morale now, which uh, we'll play here in a second, we got new stuff coming as well. I mean, where should we uh, send everyone? What are your what's the band's socials? What are your socials? Or we grab the music? Or we get this planet sucks? All that <laughs> stuff. Plug away. All right. Well, um, let's see. We're on Spotify. We're on Facebook, Instagram. Our handle on Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook is at the low morale. Um, if you just look up low morale on most socials, you could find us. Um, if you're around Cleveland, uh, we're playing uh, the Foundry May 30th with Spells uh, Celebration Summer and Lillier. That was May 30th. The Foundry. Um yeah, check out our album, our EP, This Planet Sucks. Uh, let us know if you like it. If you don't like it, just lie and say that you really, really dug it. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, to anyone that's been you know helping us out and um, posting about it, listening to it, coming to our shows, we really appreciate it. Um, thank you, Anthony, for always being supportive. Uh, I really appreciate it. Rocking that sweet shirt. I really <laughs> dig it. <laughs> Repping the LM. I keep hiding uh, the microphone. <laughs> yes. Fuck That's yeah. Up. Fuck yeah. I, we should have shirts that have that and then just 
say fuck yeah on the back in quotes and then it'll say anthony merchant that is, i mean honestly if you talk to most people around me a fuck yeah or a hell yeah i mean you, you're gonna get one of them out of me that's definitely it's definitely something it's simple but effective it's a it's I a timeless like, it's a timeless. anthony fuck yeah merchant i dig it <laughs> it's like low morale it's timeless it Fuck is and low morale are two timeless things and it comes full circle <laughs> and with that with that no justin this is uh this is always fun having you on and like i said we'll play uh we're gonna play some stuff off this planet sucks right now we will uh kick it off with ripper whether you're listening to the podcast or the radio show you will get some uh, new low morale right now so uh yes i'm anthony merchant talking to justin vaughn and you're tuned in to the power Chord hour Give me. 